Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts, The Greatest Stories Never Written. Hello and welcome back to Tight Shorts. I'm Chris, it's nice to see you all again. This episode is sponsored by Tess Gainbridge of Whitey Drive in Pembrokeshire. Thank you, Tess. Today's story trouble at the turnpike. The Glaswegian clit warbler has a wingspan of over four metres and can fly to heights of 90 miles or more. It is known to cohabitate with humans and other beasts quite comfortably and has survived extinction at least a dozen times. It is both herbivorous and carnivorous. It is estimated that the clit warbler has survived on this planet longer than most people. Myla so wanted to be a bird. She would watch them from the window with her father when she was three years old. Her and her mother would take walks in the park and try and guess the breeds from a little handbook she'd been given from her auntie. This passion turned into a fascination with aircraft. From about six years old, she would visit the airport with her parents and watch the planes flying overhead, referencing the different makes and models from another handbook given to her by her auntie. It later transpired that her auntie didn't really exist and her parents didn't want to spoil her, so they said everything they gave her was from her auntie. They said the same when she had ingrowing toenails. By the time she was nine, Myla had put down her dreams of becoming a pilot. Instead, she would walk around fantasising about space, travelling to the most distant stars and galaxies, maybe one day landing on the moon. Her and her father would sit on the rooftop at night and watch the stars and constellations. He would point out the different shapes. The bull, the twins, the Big Dipper... Jed Gahoover. Her father would hold her tight and promise her, One day, darling, we will lasso the moon and bring it down just for you. Oh, how she dreamed of flying away. One night, something occurred to her. Daddy, do you think there are aliens? He looked at his daughter. How does a father handle this question? She wasn't a child, but she wasn't an adult either. She still believed in Santa Claus, and she still believed in her auntie. Well, darling, if there are aliens, I think they must be our friends. Don't you? Yes, I suppose so, Daddy, said Myla. The next morning, unusually, she was awoken by both her parents. They came into her room and sat on the side of her bed. Morning, darling, said her father. Morning, darling, said her mother. Morning, darling, said her auntie, which was really her father through the side of his mouth. What is it, mummy and daddy? said Myla. We've got some wonderful news for you, but it may come as a bit of a surprise, said her mum, wringing her hands. Her father interjected. Mummy's expecting a baby. 
Milo was speechless. What do they mean, a baby? How on earth could she possibly have a sister or a brother? She's nine years old. All her friends had brothers and sisters who were a similar age, two years younger or older at best. I don't believe you, Mummy and Daddy, said Myla. We think you might struggle at first with this news, but we know in time that you'll be happy and you'll welcome your new brother or sister into the world with open arms. Oh, fuck you, said Myla. Tight shorts. Myla was 11 years old now with a two-year-old brother whom she despised. All anyone could talk about was little Toby. Nobody came to visit her anymore. Her auntie barely gave her any gifts, and she had to make her own cereal in the morning. She had to wait at the dinner table for Toby to finish his dinner. She had to be quiet if Toby was in bed, and be mindful of where she kept her toe clippings. Toby hadn't done anything wrong, of course. He was really quite a sweet-natured child, and he doted on his older sister. He would follow her around wherever she went, but she hated this. She would slam the door in his face, put tuna in his shoes, and switch his toothpaste for mayonnaise. Eventually, her parents had enough, and they banished Myla to her bedroom. She was grounded for six years. She stomped and she cursed them. She banged all the furniture, and she hated them with every fibre of her being. But not so much as she hated Toby. Toby was the very alien she was afraid of. Coming here, invading her home, stealing her innocence. She was more determined than ever to fly away as far away as she could from that place. And that night, she snuck out of her bedroom window and climbed up to the roof of the house. It was a clear night. She could see all the constellations. Orion, Brian, Tiffany. She looked to the tree, the large oak tree that grew in the garden, planted supposedly by her auntie. She could just make it. She knew if she just reached far enough, she could get a hold of the branch and climb to the very top of the tree, a little closer to space. Your daughter is lucky to be alive said the doctor to Myla's parents in the hospital. She's broken both arms and both legs. Her back is half the size it was before. The impact to her head and face may mean that she is never good-looking, but she's alive, and you've got to thank some power for that. Not the power of God, of course, because I am a doctor. The power of chance, of good luck, falling from the roof aside. Her parents were beside themselves, looking at their eleven-year-old child, bandaged up like some mummy or scooped-up cat vomit in kitchen towel. When Myla eventually came around, she looked to her parents. Little Toby sat at the end of the bed. "'What's he doing here?' she said. "'Wait a minute. What am I doing here?' They explained what had happened, how they'd been a loud bang, and they'd ignored it, thinking it came from the neighbour's house. They were notoriously noisy, and liked to bang. But it was Toby who drew their attention to the shape in the garden, the shape of Myla, crumpled beneath the oak tree, like a wounded fawn, or a bin bag not collected. 
Myla looked to the smiling little blonde child who carried a bouquet of flowers. She was riddled with guilt and gratitude for this little monster who had saved her life. She patted the bedside next to her, and Tony, or rather Toby, shuffled along to join her. She ruffled his hair, losing a finger in the process. Her parents quickly ran to find a doctor, but Myla didn't care. She smiled at her younger brother. Toby, have you ever thought about going to the moon? That boy grew up to be Carlos Santana and changed the sound of Latin fusion rock forever. Next time on Tight Shorts. The boy who only ate raisins. You have been listening to Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts. Follow, share and subscribe for more. Music by Rob Joy with the voice of Jodie Elms.